All right, back to James chapter number 4. If you also go find Psalm 32, as I was sitting there thinking about this, I want to make some reference from Psalm 32 as well uh, here today. Uh, the book of James, I love the book of James, and not too terribly long ago we actually, in preaching, uh, had gone through most of the book of James, if not all of it, uh, and uh, great instruction for us as Christians. And really, uh, for me as a pastor, not just a pastor, but as a Christian, uh, I want to know how I can please the Lord and live for Him in 2021, and, uh, and, uh, and the Bible uh, is, is chock full of that. I mean, the Bible's uh, you know, full of, of, of commands uh, to obey, and the New Testament too, not just the Old Testament. There's many, uh, even in the New Testament, uh, well over a thousand uh, to be exact. Uh, and uh, so um, uh, the book of James deals with a lot of that stuff. And, uh, and James wanted the Christians at that time to know uh, that even though they were going through difficult times, uh, and uh, we can relate uh, because we are, we're living in perilous times and difficult times too. Uh, they, they're not the same as the times then, and their difficulties were different uh, than the difficulties that we face today. Uh, but, uh, but they're difficulties nonetheless. And, and I never want to, when we draw comparisons in the Scripture, I know it's, there's a, a, a temptation more from uh, skeptical uh, Christians that, uh, that have problems with some things in the Bible. Uh, they're like, oh, it's just not the same. You know, you're not a martyr uh, because they tell you that you can't go to church and on and on and on. Uh, but uh, it's different. In fact, uh, I saw some information just yesterday uh, from Afghanistan basically stating that the underground church uh, in Afghanistan is gone, martyred. And, uh, and so um, our, our difficulties are different than their difficulties. But even today, those difficulties that we read about in New Testament Christianity um, are happening. They're just not happening here uh, in America. Could they happen in America? Could, could possibly happen in America. Uh, we just don't know. Uh, we do know that when we read the Bible, the book of Revelation, uh, the book of Daniel, Ezekiel, uh, America, uh, and end time prophecy is not there. And so, so whatever we like to think about America and God uh, saving our nation and different things, uh, we can be confident in the fact of what we know from Scripture about, uh, about the end and the fact that, uh, that God wins. And uh, much of what uh, we people fear today isn't going to happen, uh, but, uh, but America itself in the Bible uh, in the end times in future in prophecy uh, is uh, just not there. Uh, so who knows what will take place? Um, but, you know, I do know that we've lost our minds about uh, wearing masks and, uh, and getting shots, and, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm thankful that we believe the Bible and we're pre-tribulation uh, believers that we believe the rapture is going to take place uh, because uh, um, all of us would probably end up getting a mark of the beast uh, during the tribulation period because we, because we just can't handle uh, not even being able to go into a store uh, in 2021. Now, that's not part of the message, but I think it's important because James uh, was, was basically telling them that persecution uh, that they were enduring did not give them the right to throw off restraint. It didn't give them a time to take a break. And I think a lot of Christians have done that in the past couple of years. Like we've, we've hit a pause button uh, in our faith and our churches uh, in going forward because, because we feel like we can't go forward with stuff in our life even. Uh, 
uh, because everything is, is paused. This, uh, things have slowed down and the economics of it all and, and everything else. Uh, but the Bible has, has been and is always clear that no matter what our difficulties are, uh, that is never a time uh, to give up. It's never a time to put off restraint. Uh, and James, in his word, is telling that to Christians. And he's super nice about it. I mean, he's super courteous. Uh, you know, through the first three chapters, like chapter number three, verse number one, my brethren, he's like, my brothers. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, he, and he says it again a little bit later in chapter number three, but super courteous, uh, laying out a case, and he's just telling them, hey, uh, we can't be fighting, we've got to watch our tongues, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and don't be offending people, and on and on and on. Uh, verse number 10 of chapter number three, he says, uh, out of the same mouth proceedeth uh, blessing and cursing. He says, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. And he, he says, doth a fountain send forth uh, at the same place sweet water and bitter? And can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? And so he's laying out to say, don't be bitter, don't envy. Uh, there's wisdom that we need to have in this, in, in this difficult time. Uh, and please have it, my brothers, my brothers, my brothers. Uh, but then you get into chapter number four, uh, and he's not so courteous. He says, you adulterers and adulteresses. Uh, he said, you sinners. <laughs> he says, you double-minded. Uh, and, and by the way, let me say this. Uh, if you're like, calling names is so unchristian, um, uh, relax. Uh, and uh, even Jesus, like you snakes and vipers and hypocrites and, uh, and, uh, and on and on and on. So James, he's been, you know, uh, by the way, a soft answer turns away wrath. And our speech needs to be grace speech and seasoned with salt. But there's a time where you call stuff out. Uh, and, uh, and he's been like, my brothers, my brothers, my brothers. And now he's like, here's, here's, you got a problem. And, uh, and your biggest problem is yourself. And that's where he begins in chapter number four, verse number one. He says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your own lust. And again, he says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not, that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Now, um, let me just say this. There's a lot of you hear a lot of preaching in Christianity today uh, in teaching uh, that says the world out of love, the, what you do as a Christian or as a church. By the way, if the world is pleased with what we're doing uh, as a church, then we're not doing it right. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that friendship with the world, uh, and, and really at its root, that word friendship means that we're not assertive, we're not against, we don't speak up against. It's, it's, it's a, a, a complacency, we're complicit to. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. The en enemy, the uh, against, it's, it's, uh, it's hostility towards God. It has been since the beginning of time, and it will be till the end time. Uh, we cannot. Now, we can, we can argue all day long about what worldly is or what worldliness is. And those are those areas of, of liberty and, uh, and stuff. Uh, but we do have to draw the conclusion uh, that if we are friends of the world, 
uh, we're at and we're, it's hostile towards God. We can't say we love God and love the world. If we love the world, the Bible says the love of the Father is not in us. Uh, and uh, so as much as we love our neighbor, we try to reach people with the gospel, uh, and uh, you can say, well, it's worldliness is the world system and its ideas, and, uh, and we, can, we can talk. All we know uh, is that God says friendship with the world's bad. And we've got to come to grips with what that means for us as a church and what that means for us, obviously, individually uh, as Christians. And, uh, and, uh, and we like to just, we, you've heard people say, you have not because you ask not. And, uh, but there's all kinds of stuff around that uh, in this passage of Scripture that uh, are important. And we don't have a lot of times because we ask amiss to consume it upon our own lust. Uh, you know, there's differences between wants and needs. There's things that God could give us that, uh, that are good for us. He doesn't give us stuff. He knows that we're going to, it might be bad for us. And, uh, and so we ask amiss. We pray uh, and we have lists of things that we ask God. So uh, here we have selfish desire. We have selfish efforts. We have selfish prayer. In uh, James uh, lights them up and says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think uh, that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in, the fle- in, the, uh, in us lusteth uh, to envy? So he's talking about a war, the war within ourselves. It's a war amongst ourselves, yes. But there's also a war that was within ourselves. We war against God. We are our own worst enemy. Uh, we we short circuit our Christian walk uh, on a regular basis because we have lust and flesh, uh, and uh, and we follow the wisdom of the world that He warned us about that is sensual and devilish, uh, and we we just get in our in our own way all of the time. So I said this message is one that would hopefully prepare us uh, for, for God to work in our hearts. Um, let me just say this. Uh, God, said He's not going to put new wine in old bottles. He's not, there's blessings and cursings, and, and there's a lot of things that are contrast in the Bible. God will use us if He can use us. But we have to be vessels that are fit for, for God's use. He wants to fill us with His Spirit. He wants to use us as a church to proclaim the gospel, win people to Christ. He has a plan and a purpose, but we get in the way. Um, you, you, we do that personally. We're terrible with our own finances. And then God says, in, by, by practical application, many, if you're not faithful in little, you won't be faithful in much. Uh, and, uh, and so we, we, we shoot ourselves in the foot. Time and time and time again. And so he lays out the case that worldliness or love of the world uh, is, is the part or the biggest issue, if you will, uh, in the, the, the problems that they were having. They were at war in their spirit and in their flesh uh, because, because they had failed to fully submit themselves to God. Now, I believe this. Uh, with all my heart, uh, that we, uh, most Christians, uh, not just the average Christian, uh, most Christians, myself included, uh, struggle with 100% fully submitting ourselves to, to God. We, we hold back. Uh, we, keep, we keep parts of our life off limits to God. Uh, and, and, it's, and, and some of us 
Uh, I'm going to use me and we and us, uh, and there's no mouse in my pocket. It's just I'm preaching to myself. Uh, we'll, We'll say things all the time that prove it. Well, you know, I just don't think God would expect me to be in church every, every service. Well, like why? Like who are you uh, that you have a different expectation laid on you than every other Christian? Well, I just, I just don't think, and I, and I, and, uh, and we justify and, and we reason away so many things from the Bible. Well, I, I, just, you know, I just think God, uh, when it comes to this worldliness thing, there's just so much gray area, and boy, culture has changed, and, uh, and things aren't the same today as they were before, uh, and so we, we argue about it, and we make excuses, and the only ones that we're convincing, if we're convincing anybody, uh, is one another, but it's not convincing God. Uh, We war with God in our spirit because we fail to fully submit to Him. Turn back to Psalm 32. I had you turn there a moment ago. And to illustrate this very truth, and again, this message today is a morning message and a night message. Uh, do invite you to come back at 6 o'clock. But here we have in Psalm 32, and we've been preaching from Psalms quite a bit recently uh, and, uh, in the services. Uh, but it says this, Blessed is He, in verse 1, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man uh, unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. Uh, My moisture is turned uh, into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I hid, uh, not hid. I said, I'll confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And he goes on to, to say that God is his hiding place. Uh, but notice what it says down towards the end in verse number 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. David, as he prayed this prayer... Uh, and uh, confessed sins, and through confession of sins, received ease and peace and comfort uh, from God. He said, without it, as I tried to hide it, uh, when he kept silence, his bones waxed old, uh, and, uh, and for day and night, uh, the hand of God was heavy uh, upon him. Uh, so confession and prayer uh, in making those things right uh, is a key, the key, uh, to our peace with uh, the peace of God, uh, and in our lives, and we need that. We need it now more than, more than ever. We need revival, but we need peace, and we need comfort, and it's the same formula uh, today uh, as it was for David uh, in the Psalms, as it was for kings uh, in Israel back in Second Chronicles. It's the same. The same principles are given to us uh, in James chapter number 4. Uh, and now tonight, uh, I'm going to go through the 10 things, really, that he lists out. Uh, and uh, submit and resist and draw and cleanse and purify uh, and on and on down through. There just, there's 10 things in there, uh, and I'll explain what they are. Uh, some of them are external. Some of them are internal. Uh, some of them are positive. Some of them are negative. Some of it we confuse. Like we read, we read down to verse number 9, uh, and, uh, uh, and we, um, uh, when, when you got saved, uh, God, God doesn't want you to... Um, does everybody here know what a hayseed is? Uh, it's just like an expression. Like, uh, like Christians, they get born again, and they think modesty and godliness is that they got to be some type of a hayseed. 
uh, and look poor, be poor, uh, be, you can't laugh, you can't have, you gotta be uh, mournful because there's a Bible verse that says that. I remember reading it in James chapter number four, verse number nine. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourniness and your joy to heaviness. So, so it's like if you smile in church, like it's wicked, uh, that God doesn't want you. I mean, the Bible says a cheerful heart doeth good like medicine. Uh, and, uh, but it's not saying that you, you, you're just supposed to walk around and be sad. Yeah, remember, Bible verses are in context. And verse 9 is, is in, you know, uh, there's verses before that. And what God is talking about, he's talking about sin. Uh, we're, we're, we're supposed to be afflicted and mourned for sin in our lives and for others. And in our laughter, our glee, we shouldn't be. Uh, God says it's a shame for us to even talk about those things which are done of them in secret. We glorify sin and we glorify the devil and we laugh and we mock and we think things are funny and we, we joke about stuff that we shouldn't joke about. And God is telling Christians then uh, and, uh, and he's telling us now that we're to, we're to turn that laughter into mourning. Sin ought to make us sad. Uh, sin ought to, sin ought to uh, uh, make us mourn over the condition uh, of life. We get frustrated, and, and we, in, in, in Washington State, I, I have to explain to people all the time that, that, that don't live in a communist state, uh, that, uh, you know, how terrible it is to live here. Uh, and, uh, but you know what? Um, when, we, when we look at that and we get frustrated and whatever, it ought to, it, 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 the sin ought to turn our stomach and make us weep. We ought to grieve for that. When we see what we see and we, the things that we go through here uh, uh, on a daily basis that we're, we're exposed to uh, in our lives every day, ought to just, uh, it, ought to make us, uh, it ought to make us weep. Uh, and God says that when we, we do these things, uh, that he, he blesses and lifts us up. I mean, who in here doesn't want to be lifted up this morning? Uh, he, he says in verse number 10, uh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Elsewhere he says, uh, to humble ourselves and in due time we'll be exalted. Uh, and he's not saying exalted or lifted up like Christ is lifted up. Uh, but he says, when you, when you do these things, I will. He says in, in verse number six, but he gives more grace. Amen. And we all want more grace and we all want God to lift us up. Uh, but we want God to give us more grace and lift us up without doing the stuff that God says we need to do in order for him to do that. Now, God is a God and he can, you know, your life can be filled with grace. Even when you're, you're, you're not doing right. Uh, because there are people that love you that are praying for you uh, and praying grace on you. If, if you've got the grace of God in your life and you're living, you're living in the world and living like the devil, uh, just know that, uh, that your Sunday school teacher or your pastor or your Christian friend or your saved grandmother uh, is praying grace on your life. Uh, it, the thing, thing, if things are going good for you, uh, it isn't some type of badge of honor to wear, wear that you can just live the way you want to live uh, and you can have all kinds of good happening to you. Because if there is good happening to you, it's because somebody uh, that loves Jesus and loves you is praying for you. Because the Bible says if you regard iniquity in your heart, he doesn't even hear your prayers. And that when we live like that and we pray to him, it says even our prayers are an abomination to him. Uh, and uh, we just got to go with what the Bible, the Bible says. And so he gives a list of 10 things. But uh, the main takeaway that I want us to get this morning has to deal uh, with this idea of submitting ourselves to the Lord. In verse number six, he says, but he gives more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 
Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, remember uh, a uh, principle of hermeneutics, or as we interpret the Bible, uh, the saying is whenever there's a therefore, we find out what it's there for. Okay? Uh, So whenever you see that in the Bible, you've got to back up in the the verses uh, to see what God is saying. So the therefore uh, in verse number 7 is connected to what he said all the way up through the first part of, of this chapter. Uh, there's, a, there's a war within you, uh, and uh, there's you lost and you have not, and you're asking things you, uh, you, you, you're receiving not because you ask them amiss, and you have, uh, you have a, a love affair uh, with the world that says that you're an enemy with God. Submit yourselves, therefore. It's, it's because of your, your double-mindedness, as he says a little bit later, uh, he calls them double-minded again, and he did so in chapter number one. He said a double-minded, verse number eight, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I was reminded of that scripture uh, yesterday. My wife had a memory that came up on uh, her Facebook feed uh, at a Seahawks. We were watching a Seahawks game at Brother Omley's house, and uh, she's a Packer fan, and, uh, and so she had a Packer shirt on a Packer jersey, underneath that was a Seahawks t-shirt. So when things turned for the Green Bay Packers, off goes the Packer jersey, uh, and, uh, and now she's rooting for the Seahawks. And I, had a, I quoted James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable uh, in all of, uh, all of his ways. Double-mindedness. Uh, and so where he said, brethren and my brothers, and on and on and on, he's like, you adulterers and adulteresses, you sinners, you double-minded, uh, and uh, you need to submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And I believe that, uh, that most Christians have not, by their own testimony, by their own life, the testimony of their life, the, uh, the difficulties. It's not that you get saved and, and everything's just uh, roses and, and you never have a problem. You certainly do. Um, but, but I want more grace. I'm thankful that the Bible says that I've been made near to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. He saved me. Uh, It's all of grace. It's not of myself. The Bible says it's faith and grace. It's the gift of God. Uh, And uh, I'm accepted in the beloved. I am near to him, the Bible says, through uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. But James chapter number four teaches us that there is a nearer nearness that we can have with God if we draw nigh to him if we submit ourselves for real to him, that we, that we, we resist the devil, uh, negative and positive, we draw nigh to him, uh, that he will draw nigh to us. If you're, far, if you're born again today and you're far from God, the reason you're far from God uh, is because of you. God says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And, uh, and, he's, and you could be like, I'm saved, I'm thankful, I'm on my way to heaven, and boy, I struggle with life, and, and God's grace just needs to be sufficient for me, and, and I'm not perfect, and God knows that I'm not perfect, and he knows my, and we take verses like, he knows my frame, and I'm but dust, and that we've been given this treasure in earthen vessels, uh, and to excuse away the fact that we sin, and we do stuff that we're not supposed to do, uh, and, uh, and we're not we're not walking with God like we should. Like, well, God loves us, uh, and, uh, and He loves us despite us, uh, and He does. He loves us. But the Bible says you've got to draw nigh to Him, and He'll draw nigh to you. If you're far from God, you're not getting close to Him. And, uh, and please write this down. Um, uh, you know, what's the phrase that I want you to write down? I forgot about it. 
get, but get your pen ready, uh, like it. Um, oh, yeah, here's what it is. Nearness is likeness. Nearness is likeness. Uh, when we become, the more we get closer to God, the nearer we get to God, the more like God we become. That's a Bible principle from the beginning of the book all the way through the end. If you, if, if you hear preaching and teaching, you read a book, you watch somebody on television or the internet that says the closer you to get to God, the less like God you need to be because God loves you anyway, uh, turn it off uh, and, and don't listen to it because it just is not Bible preaching. Um, what, what is being taught in James chapter number 4 uh, the, the nearer nearness that we can have as Christians, more grace. When you got saved by grace, by the way, uh, you got all the salvation that you're going to get. You got uh, indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God. In the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, you got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get in the indwelling. But there is a fullness that comes as we live for Him and we walk with Him. That when, we, that when we are clean and we're walking worthy and all the verses that he says, I can fill you and I can use you. Uh, and, uh, and that is not given to every Christian. It can't be. God says this is, it's, it's conditioned upon uh, what we do and how we, and how we live and, 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 and how close we are in our walk with him. And so I'm thankful for the grace of God. But God in his word says there's more grace. And God gives grace more of grace to the humble. So I'm not very smart, but I know this. If God says some person, one person can have more grace, then somebody else can have less. And so if I want more grace in my life, I got to be humble. Uh, and, and here's one thing that I don't want. I don't want God to have to humble me. I, we need to humble ourselves uh, to the Lord. And, and, uh, and, and, and how we do that here uh, is in that list of stuff. We, uh, we, we submit, we resist, we draw nigh, we cleanse our hands, we purify our hearts, uh, we, we grieve and we mourn uh, at sin, and we, uh, we turn, we change to, to mourning. Those are all things that we do that are evidence of the fact that we are humbling ourselves. Because in the absence of humbling ourselves, we think of, we think of guys like, uh, like Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. Um, we've been preaching about Jonah. Um, those are all examples of God saying, hey, um, if you're not going to humble yourself and obey me, I'm going to humble you. And now most of the time, the end result is similar. You end up doing what God wants you to do. Uh, but when God humbles you, you got to do it with all the scars in, 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 in all of the, all of the, gret, the re, regret and remorse and et cetera that comes with the fact that God had to put you over his knee uh, to get you to, to conform to his word or whatever thing that God wanted you to do. And so as I think about, I want, I want revival. And, uh, and there's an Old Testament verse that says, if I humble and pray and seek his face, that God will give it. And I know that was for you, Israel, and, uh, and I can make application to me and I can do that. But there's direct application in the book of James uh, that when we do these things, that God will give us more grace. And we need the hand of God and we need the grace of God. And so we humble ourselves before him. And what we do is we pray uh, and we ask God, is there, just like the, the psalmist did, uh, is there any wicked way in me? Um, cleanse my heart. 
Uh, and uh, he says, restore unto me the joy uh, of salvation. Uh, we know that uh, for us as Christians to, con to conceal uh, and, uh, and to wallow in and to hold on to not just sin, but not submit ourselves to the Lord uh, is, uh, is, is not a recipe uh, for a peaceful uh, life and a peaceful or even effective, in many respects, walk with the Lord. Uh, but what we, what we fail to do is to submit. So this is the challenge for this morning's message, and we're going to get into all the ways that you can. Uh, but the Bible says in Romans chapter number 12, and I know you've got it memorized, uh, and, uh, and, uh, but go ahead and turn there, and we're going to give this illustration, and then I'm going to close. When you got saved, the Bible says that you were bought with a price, uh, that you're not your own. Your body uh, is the temple uh, of the Spirit of God. You've been redeemed, purchased. You, uh, you are purchased by Him. Uh, I, I, we were talking about uh, the military uh, being mandated uh, to take the, the vaccines. And uh, as we're talking about it, there was servicemen that were there that said, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they just line you up and you get like, you just walk through a gauntlet of, of, of uh, healthcare professionals with needles and they just boom, boom, boom down the thing. Uh, it was like vaccine day. <laughs> Some of you have been there and done that. And, uh, and so here's, what, here's what, what the conclusion we drew in that conversation that when you, be, when you sign up for uh, the Marine Corps or the Navy or whomever, um, you, you become property, uh, GI, government issue. Uh, you know, you become property of the United States government. And so when they say you're getting a jab, then you're getting a jab. Uh, or now you get an other than honorable discharge if you refuse it. And, uh, and so all of us can kind of understand in that, in that scenario, mandated under authority, you belong and have given your body um, to be, uh, you know, in the service of government, that it's like, okay, if you make that choice not to, then there's a consequence. You lose pension and you lose whatever you would lose and all that. I don't know all that. Uh, but we would all go, well, hey, they signed up. They belong, they belong to Uncle Sam. Got to get the shot. And we're like, and we think, you know, we're filled with logic and wisdom, uh, and we've got it all figured out. But let me, let me and some of you know where I'm going, um, you don't belong to you. You belong to God. If you're saved, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, um, I, 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 me, 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 uh, is, is not something that we should be doing as a Christian. We, o we obey the Lord. We draw close to Him. We walk with Him. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we, long, uh, we long for it. We desire uh, the Word of God. And, and we want to grow. And, it's, and it's, we want to draw. We want to be like Him and be like Him. We look forward to seeing Him, the Bible says, uh, as He is. Uh, and, to, and to commune with Him. That's all the stuff that we want. Uh, and so when we, when we come to the, this recipe uh, for revival, this recipe for peace and not warring within yourself to get rid of the double-mindedness. And I counsel people time and time and time again for the same stuff. It's the same thing. Um, what's the problem? Did not submit, did not change, didn't cleanse or forsake, didn't walk away, didn't purify, didn't mortify the flesh, didn't put off 
uh, and put on. Uh, we've just not done what God has told us to do, uh, and it's the problem of every Christian. Every single Christian in this room has that sin problem. I wouldn't dare to say you're this kind of a sinner. I wouldn't even dare to call you, uh, you know, uh, adulteresses and adulterers uh, and, uh, and whatever uh, and go, you double-minded sinners because uh, uh, I'm one of them. And, and it all comes down to like, I mean, I, I hope God just rewinds the tape uh, in, when we're in heaven and just like, shows us all the times that we, we failed to deal with all the things that we failed to deal with in our life because we, we didn't truly submit uh, ourselves uh, to the Lord. Uh, I think uh, we're going to be ashamed uh, of that when we stand before him. Submission is an act of the will. So today, that's what I'm asking you to do is, uh, oh, I had to turn to Romans 12, didn't I? And, uh, and I just turned away from it. Uh, Romans chapter number 12, the uh, Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, if you're saved today, you are a living sacrifice, bought with a price, to present your bodies to Him, and it's reasonable. So when we run down, oh, cleanse and purify and put off and don't love the world and, and, and it just, I'm just, uh, uh, it's, it's so abstract and it's so difficult and hard. It just really isn't. It just really isn't. Um, and it really isn't when we, at an altar or in our chair, when we pray and say, God, I am fully submitting. I want revival. I want revival for me and for my family. I want it for our church. And, and, and I am submitting myself to you. 100%. And that means, that means if, God, if God wanted you to, uh, to take you out of your job and you lose your pension and you pack up your family and you travel on deputation and end up in, uh, in, in some developing country somewhere preaching the gospel, that's, that's all. That's, that's, and it's reasonable. If, if God wanted you uh, to get on a, uh, uh, to uh, pack your bags and get on an airplane uh, and fly into Kabul with a, with a suitcase of Bibles, uh, and not even make it out of the airport to, and give your life for the cause of Christ, it would be reasonable. But he, but he has not asked most Christians to do that. He's like, just read, you know, read your Bible and pray and go to church and tell, tell people about me. And we're like, yeah, but I'm just so busy. Just, I'm too busy for that. And when we stand before God uh, and you're going to go like, I totally Romans 12, 1 and 2'd, I mean, I did. And God's going to be like, no, you didn't. You never did. And, uh, and you know, I mean, we can't, we're not going to miss heaven if we're saved, but we'll suffer loss. We stand before him. And we, uh, when, when we didn't have revival, we didn't walk with God, and we didn't commune with him in the way that we could, because he's like, you, he says, you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh unto you. That's a, that's a promise a promise of God, not my promise to you. So if you're not close to him, it's your fault. So all, so all you do is say, God, I'm sorry, it's my fault. You confess it to him and you forsake it. I'm, I'm submitting today. It's an act of the will. Uh, and uh, and re, I'm recommitting my life to walk with you. I need you. I need more grace. I'm humbling myself before you, God, uh, and, and give me grace uh, and help. And 
and lift me up. I'm, uh, I'm tired and, uh, and the world's crazy and, uh, and life is, is, is crazier and, uh, and I don't know what to do. Uh, and all God wants us to do is just like put our hands down and just draw close to him. And he says, I'll do the rest. And that's why, and, and, and by the way, some of that rest, it might not turn out the way that you think it would turn out. But even in the bad stuff, when we're that way, when we're living sacrifices and walking with him, uh, that's when bad stuff happens to us and we go, praise God. Glory to God. And that's the only way we can live that way. And, when, and if we can't wrap our minds around that type of gratitude for the bad things in our life, then, then right there is proof in the pudding, if I could say it that way, that you, you're not in full submission to the Lord. Full submission is God, if it, if it means taking my life for you to get glory, then so be it. And for some people, God has done that. And, uh, and there have been more people that got saved at their funeral than got saved in their entire Christian life because they failed to submit to God and share the gospel with people. And so, so sometimes God calls us on that. And, uh, and so humble yourself today, humble myself today, submit myself to God, uh, and, and see what God can do. Maybe spend some time this week praying, fasting, humbling ourselves before God, asking God to give us revival. Uh, and then don't ask Him to give you revival and not come. Be here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and let God, God help you through the man of God, Brother Schwenke, in, his, in the preaching uh, and, uh, and, and if you come in there with a humble spirit, um, seeking to be fed uh, the word of God, God will feed you and God will bless you. Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed. We'll get more into this tonight uh, and, uh, and the list of things that are there, explain what they are uh, this evening. Uh, but right now, uh, you say, Pastor, I'm here. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Uh, and our heads are bowed and our eyes closed. I'm born again. I know that. Uh, would you raise your hand? Our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed. And I, I, know, I know Jesus is my Savior. Thank you, many in the room. You say, Pastor, I, I'm here uh, and uh, I'm not. I don't, I don't, if I was to die today, I don't know where I would go. Uh, and God's showed me that uh, today. And I'm, I'm lost and I need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I've not been cleansed by the blood of Christ. I've not been brought near to Him. Uh, and, uh, and I know that. And God has showed me that. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Uh, I'm not saved today. I, I, I know I'm not, uh, and, uh, and the Lord is dealing with my heart. Anybody like that at all? Not saved. I know I'm not. Uh, would you pray for me? Anybody at all? All right, Christian, if you're here today, you're born again, bought with a price, uh, but you're not surrendered and submitted to, the, to God and His will, uh, and you need to recommit that today, uh, would you do that? Uh, as the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, just pray. Maybe find a spot to pray for revival for our church. Uh, but start with you. I need it. Uh, and uh, and I've, I've, I've not submitted myself uh, in this area. Maybe, maybe it's family. Maybe it's work and money. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's your health. It could be uh, any number of things. But you don't, you've not fully submitted yourself to the Spirit of God uh, in Him uh, in your life. And, and you know it. 